PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. It is episode 437 of Cinema Crespediso. We are doing the thing now. It is summer movie season. It's actually here. It's upon us. Memorial Day weekend is next week. Uh, A Quiet Place 2 will be coming out. Fast 9 shortly thereafter. Oh my god, it is happening. Drew Stockhogburn. Movies. In theaters. Big movies. Mm -hmm. Movies meant to be seen in theaters. Not just like stuff on streaming yeah you know i mean yeah sure thanks hulu and amazon and netflix for getting us past over the last year or so but movies are back come on i mean big movies movies that are in the like in your face like look at this audacious shit look at this 50 year old vin diesel uh yeah fighting john cena on the rooftops of uh, of some foreign city on the way to space yeah, it looks so funny. i really hope on the way to space uh I think Vin Diesel, he's not one going to space, but uh, other somebody's going to space. We're at least at the edges. Of the t- <laughs> we're touching, we're touching space. We're, we're looking at the uh, the event horizon, so to speak. Drew Stickhogren, how you doing? Doing. Uh, did you watch that Netflix zombie thing mm-hmm. that they came out with? Yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder's official return to movie making. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. I mean, I, I really it sh- sh- totally should have been Kingdom of the Dead. Kingdom of the Dead would have been good. Um, I would have gone, been happy with actually anything other than Of the Dead. Because I feel like Of the Dead is so specifically George Romero and his little yeah. pocket of movies. Yeah. That it's like, well, is this supposed to take place in the same universe? Even to the point. Well, I mean, there, we, we did get some zombie evolution. So maybe it is part of the Of the Dead universe. Yes. I feel like he took the uh, the end of Land of the Dead and he and he took it even further yeah. in terms of zombie evolution. And even the very first Alpha Zombie, the one that, that sets the Ground Zero Zombie, yeah. he kind of reminded me strongly of um, Bub from Day of the Dead, the third one that was sh- okay. shot partially in uh, SRQ, yeah. which is very, very funny. Yeah, yeah. Weird. And, yeah. It's a weird little tidbit there. And, and it's like for no reason, nope, really. Nope. They just used... The- they just use Main Street. Yes. Some Sarasota. Some whatever reason. Some producer was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I can get us a permit here. Just, I live here. I know the yeah. mayor. Something like that, I'm sure. I can grease the wheels to make this happen. Um and yeah, call it anything else. Call it uh, uh casino ghouls or uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know what was weird? How about those uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark references, both overt and like 
that at one point they're like mentioned staff of raw and then later yeah. there's like a chamber with the uh, booby traps that uh-huh. they have to like set up the traps and yeah. stuff what the where, where did that come from uh, Pat, i don't know maybe he was just like you know what these movies are awesome oh, I, I like these movies can we just, just sort I, of steal by the them? way I, I think yeah oh, yeah uh-huh. maybe the first reference is to set you up like all right now we're gonna steal something from mm-hmm. i mean shit why not steal from the best uh, what did you think of the uh, this two hour and twenty minute uh, movie about people looking for what they're stealing money, they're, they're, heisted they're, money, they're stealing money and trying to from a zombie infested Vegas? I mean, I understand why the whole father daughter thing was in the movie. There needs to be some sort of emotional. Hook. Does the, why does there need to be some sort of awful emotional hook in these movies? Because they, they want to make you care beyond. I don't beyond these characters. And I won't. You know what's funny in Ocean's Eleven? They really <laughs> They don't give us a whole thing with Danny Ocean. He's like, I'm sad about my daughter. I don't care. Nobody cares because we don't get that. All we get is Danny Ocean gets out of prison, and, and that's it's like, fine. I'm getting the gang back together. I don't. And then he gets the gang back together. I don't together. care that Danny Ocean's sad about his fucking daughter. And then the other thing that there's like he has uh, issues with a woman, right? Julia yeah. Roberts' mm-hmm. character, but she's all tied up in the heist anyway. She just happens to be there. It's not like uh, she's a character who then it's like, I'm coming along too. And yeah. like, no, you're not coming. No, I'm coming. You know, that that, that whole yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Um, could have done without all of that. Could have done without all of that. Sorry, Dave Bautista. <laughs> Sorry, Dave Bautista. I mean, he did, he did a great job doing that. Sure. And he I, he I, did I, good with what he was asked to do. And I, it's, it's good to see him in a lead capacity. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Gets way more, uh, gets a shoulder more of the movie, gets to be uh, more of the emotional baggage, even though we're, we're questioning whether that emotional stuff is needed. <laughs> it's still better than, and I can see why then he would choose it over Suicide yeah, Squad. I get it. Because surely in Suicide yeah. Squad, it was just going to be something goofy. Yeah, yeah, and fun. Yeah, and this one, he gets yeah, yeah. to like cry a little bit. He gets oh, yeah. to emote. Yeah, exactly. He, he gets to. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's uh. So what you what you think? I mean, I, I mean, uh, the, the zombie evolution stuff was fun. Uh, it reminded me kind of of uh, not Rise of Planet of the Apes. It's uh, that the first one, the second one, the one, the one where Caesar gets his fucking army together. So that, that's the one in the in the in the forest yeah. with uh, Gary Oldman and Jason mm-hmm. Clarke. Okay, kind of reminds me I of that a little bit. I can't keep those titles straight. Sure, okay, where, sure, where like sure, all sure, of a sudden yeah. they, they've like they've carved themselves out a little part of the world. Yeah, they're they've got rules and shits. You know, they, like this is theirs <laughs> because there's a great opening credit sequence where they establish. Well, first is the opening scene where the the initial zombie thing happens. Yeah, yeah, it's it definitely military experiment. And then. Uh, during the credit sequence, the extended credit sequence, Vegas gets taken over, and then by the end of the sequence, it's completely it gets walled off. You see, yeah. it get walled off, and oh, that that the credit sequence was the best part of the movie. It was so great. It was so much information done in such a fun way. Yeah, so great. Such uh, it's a whole story unto itself. Characters, yeah. I all mean, of it. You see, yeah. even see characters evolve uh, throughout the, the thing. Yeah, there, 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 there are character arcs yeah. in this thing, and <laughs> it was already how it would. When they're introducing characters, then it cuts to them like holding pictures of their loved yeah. ones, and then to them slow motion. Yeah, very thoughtful and interesting. Zack Snyder has to stop doing that because he's like setting up his movies huge in the beginning, and then they're not following yeah. through after uh-huh. these, these great credit sequences. So, uh, yeah, and then you see the wall set up, and then you're established, and then I guess in the determined amount of time, jump forward. Yeah, government is gonna bomb Vegas. 
on the 4th of July, and now here's a evidence of uh, how the presidential office has been demeaned into nothingness now. Before, it'd be like, it's a somber day, the president says we have to do this. Now it's like, the president says it's going to be pretty cool. And, and it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be fireworks. <laughs> it's like a big firework. And it's definitely Trumpy statements. No. And well, they even had uh, Sean Spicer, and then some, and then they, I, that I was like, we don't got to be giving this guy work. Fuck this guy, <laughs> this, this dude sucks. Um, but yes, it, 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 they touch on he, Zack Snyder touching a little bit on some social socio political stuff, but I feel like he doesn't. I mean, it, was, it wasn't he want, needed. He wants, you know, also I feel like he wants to stay away from it mostly because yeah. he just wants to. I mean, yeah. doesn't want to be attacked online by whatever, because he is for sure like a libertarian sort of yeah. dude. He wants to make um, Anne Rand's, I think Fountainhead, not Atlas Shrugged. I think he wants to do the Fountainhead. Oh, okay. So he's not like a crazy weirdo Republican asshole. No, he's a crazy libertarian asshole. <laughs> Man, why do they always go to the extremes? Because they, get... they don't want to pay taxes. I mean, I get it. Taxes uh, suck. They don't want to pay still. taxes. They don't want to pay their license, their f- licensing fees for their fishing license. <laughs> Why we gotta have hunting licenses? The government, well, I, government's in, in my face. Get, yeah. I care my face, government. Yeah. Well, it's because if we don't have hunting licenses, then you're going to kill all the fish. No, I'm not. I'm just gonna kill or all, all the, fish. the deer. Well, so or is, all the whatever. Well, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> I should get to do what I want. Um. Yeah, we'll see what the. So the the heist, I feel like, is boring. I mean, for the most part, the the actual heist itself. Yeah. The mm-hmm. all the, the like we gotta go to this location mm-hmm. and we gotta do this. The whole the machinations to do it. It's very just like. I mean, in all reality, it, we gotta get under, get to the location, and crack open a safe and get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean. Every, a lot of world building and exposition goes on on the way to the heist yeah, and then the true. escape from the heist. Yeah, the, the, the escape is where all the fun is because uh, that's where as things get wacky. That's where things get wacky and people start dying in, uh, in, in horrible ways. But fun ways. Horrible, fun, gross ways. And, uh, but like, the, I feel like there's maybe a missed opportunity there. Even, even to the point where, like, cracking the safe. It's like, oh, it's this amazing safe that's impossible and all this stuff. And then the guy is still just, like, putting his ear to it and t- slowly turning the knob. Hey, he drew, he drew stuff on the safe. He drew stuff on the safe. That's true. He did draw stuff. I, I didn't neglect to say that he drew stuff. <laughs> and then listen to it going, click, click, click. And then, oh, I did it. You know? I mean, come on. We've seen Thief. That's how you stage. That's how you crack a safe. That's how you crack a safe. That's how you stage a uncrackable safe. Safe cracking. They even did a decent one. Do you remember the movie? That sounds like a crazy monster. The safe cracking. (laughs) Giant steel underwater beast. He can't get out of the water. It's too heavy. You ever see the movie The Score with Martin Marlon Brando? Edward Norton and Robert De Niro. Uh, I think so. It's like 2001. One of Brando's last. Yeah. Uh, that's a safe cracking movie. And they uh, drilled a hole in a safe, uh, a small one, dropped a piece of dynamite, filled it with water, dropped a piece of dynamite in it, and then blew it up that way. To, uh, that yeah. was a that was mm-hmm. a fun way to yeah. crack open a safe. Uh, I mean, I, I was... Do a, something. I mean, I, even in uh, <clears throat> what, Ant-Man and the Wasp, he, mm-hmm. what, 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 he freezes the water inside the safe. To, the ice expands. Is that what, he fills it with water. There you go. See, freezes see it. do something. Do, I mean, yeah. Sticks his ear to it and it's like, let me this. Okay. Oh, I did it. Come on. Why don't I just have a stethoscope? No. Like you're an old-timey, old-timey, why me doctor of some sort. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, so, I mean, it was okay. Seriously, it, it was it was on par for that was my reaction. It was on par for the. It, it's right there with you know extraction and uh, all these other oh, sure. A tier. Netflix, Netflix movies, movies. Okay. but it's still it's still a Netflix movie. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Not something that's ever gonna, at least in, in my head, break that barrier. Where it's like this is worth. A, oh, I should have like, seen this yeah, in a the theater. Like, like, why wasn't this in theater? You know that's true. And this didn't have a small theatrical run last week. The, to us, the closest it played was a uh, what's up there, an Amstar up mm. the road in Lake Mary. Glad I didn't go all the way out there to see it. So that's what I'm thinking. Like now, uh, a week later. I had a chance to see it a week ago instead of waiting for Netflix. And now that I saw it on Netflix, there was at no point where it's like, oh, man, I no. wish I had seen this in the theater. Mm-hmm. But it was more like, hey, yeah. you know, whatever. It happens. <clears throat> so My TV suit, this is fine. This is good. I'm sitting close <laughs> enough. It's fine. No one's bothering me. I'm comfortable. I'm in my I'm in my undies. So, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, fine, fine, snack. I'm not, I'm not mad at this movie. There's nothing to be mad at. It's just a little too long and... Uh, Surprisingly, I thought like it was imaginative in some areas, and in others, kind of like the yeah, not agreed. Really, weirdly, not really. Did a really good job of um, special affecting Tignataro in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, a very expensive job too. Yeah, must have been because it was almost perfectly uh, integrated for the most part. Yeah, like, yeah. There was only one if, moment I thought where it was like, oh, she's lit differently than everyone else. If by perfectly integrated you mean everything gets fuzzy every time she gets on screen, then yeah. Well, <laughs> that was throughout the movie, the, I know. that weird fuzziness. Yeah, but it was ex- it was especially around her. Yeah, interesting that they were like, yeah, we'll just uh, amp it up for her scenes. The uh, director of photography of the movie was Zack Snyder. Yeah. So well, he's he likes making, that shit. So he's making an interesting choice here with the... Like a hazy sort of uh, view to look or whatever you want to say about the movie. It's interesting. It's an interesting, weird yeah. movie that uh, obviously just can't get it. I absolutely cannot be excited about Yeah, but no, it's hard to be excited about a movie that's so mediocre. It does start with Roadhead. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good, good job, Zach. Yeah. Feels like a Todd Phillips move. <laughs> you know, this is Hangover Four. This is the this is, if we made if, if Hangover Four Army of the Dead. If Hangover Four was an Army of the Dead, I mean that should set uh. in Vegas. If they turn into a zombie heist movie, uh, Hangover, uh, it would certainly open with like Bradley Cooper getting roadhead and crashing, and causing the, uh, the the zombie apocalypse, the zombie breakdown. Come on, what is this? <laughs> Cool. Come on, Zach. What is this? You're in your 50s. So, uh, f- what do you think? Fine scale? Sure. One eye. One eye on the fine scale? All right. One eye it is. There we go. Army of the Dead is fine. Mm-hmm. Those are those are the hardest reviews to give. <laughs> those middle of the road ones. I am all caught up on Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Have you watched any of that yet? It's worth watching. It's pretty good. It's a pretty dark, interesting series. Limited series. So um, episode six is tonight, and next week is seven is the final one. Although next week's also Memorial Day, so sometimes they skip that holiday weekend, mm-hmm. which is annoying. We'll see what they do. But it's a seven-episode series, apparently, and it's about to end. And uh, it's like a murder mystery who done it. Well, we're investigating. She plays a detective in a small town outside of Philly or whatever. Uh, by the end of episode five, it feels like, is this show over? <laughs> There's two episodes left. What's uh, <laughs> what else is gonna go? Ha- what, what's what's going on? What are we gonna learn? What's happening? Right. It's but it's a pretty good show. Some good um twists and turns, and I think it's a novel. That's why. So if you have a really good story written out, all you gotta do is figure out. All right, this this 
plot twist has to happen at the end of this episode. And then you're like, what? Credits. And then the next episode, you know, it's, it's a, I think it'll make a good binge watch for people if you haven't watched it yet. So, And Kate Winslet's in it. She's awesome. And also, uh, Guy Pierce is in it, and he's great. Yeah. And um, Evan Peters. That's a very good cast. Gene Smart uh, from Legion. Mm-hmm. That lady. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else? Uh, other people who are like, that guy. You know what I mean. That lady. You're like, whoa. <laughs> she's still doing stuff? This old old bitch. Um, Somewhere of Easttown. HBO. Good stuff. I'm enjoying it. I watched an older film from the 70s I rented called The Yakuza that I've never seen. And I wanted to see it from 1974. And it's uh, by Sidney Pollack, but written by Paul Schrader. This is before he did uh, like Taxi Driver and all that stuff. And... It's about a Robert Mitchum is a guy who he was in Korea, Vietnam. I don't know. Maybe Vietnam? That doesn't make any sense. He uh, has to go visit his friend in uh, old friend in Japan to to um, uh, pay off a favor. He needs him for a favor. And his favor is I need you to, my, my daughter has been kidnapped by the Yakuza. I need you to go get my daughter back. And then that starts this whole thing of he has to go to another guy who's an old acquaintance. And like he has to call it an old favor. It's a lot of favors and obligations being called in to build up to this whole uh, confrontation at the end with the Yakuza. And it's... Um, that 70s style of like, yeah, we're taking our time. We're over explaining dialogue. Oh, it's the 70s. We have to over explain what the Yakuza is four times because no one knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. it's not a part of pop culture. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's very fun. And then by the end, when it's like uh, action scene payoff time, it's fucking, it's good stuff. It's a really, really satisfying conclusion. Uh, Black Rain, remember the movie Black Rain? The, yes. the Michael Douglas mm-hmm. goes to Japan. Yeah. The uh, the cop that they that they say like babysit this uh, this uh, round eye guy. Mm-hmm. That's that guy. That actor Ken Taka Takakura. He is uh, like the lead Japanese dude okay. in in uh, the Yakuza. He's really really good. And then Robert Mitchum. He's an old ass man. He's old old Robert Mitchum. I mean, at this point, he had been making movies for. I think he started in the 40s. Whoa. So he'd been making movies at this point for like 40 years. Yeah. Uh, so that was my that was my week for the most part. Uh, and then, you know, <clears throat> like Bob Barker episodes of Prices Right from the early 80s when he was dying his hair chestnut brown and weird. and he hitting on all the women. Uh, yeah. yeah. And making weird comments to some of the guys. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And, and, uh, I'm like, What's, what, what is he, this? Anything. Anything he could get. Dude, I'm sure he would take. It was free for all. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. HR department, there's no HR. The only thing HR does is let me know how many vacation days I have. Mm. All of them? Okay, great. Drew, what about you? What have you been watching? No, uh, I only got to watch uh, one documentary. Just hear about uh, it. Clive Davis, The Soundtrack of Our Lives Ooh, on Netflix. Nice. <clears throat> and it's, it's the story of Clive Davis and his career and all of the superstars that he has created along the way. Uh, what did you learn <clears throat> that you didn't know? That's like, I didn't, I didn't, like, you're like, what? I didn't know Clive Davis financed Bad Boy. Oh, Bad Boy Records. Yeah. That, that was Clive Davis. Money had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, it, it, he, he financed. How about that? Yeah. That's, so. a, that's a hell of a smart investment. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Is it a movie or a little series? Thing? No, it's, it's, it's like a two-hour-plus movie. There you go. Because he had a very long and exhaustive career. Is it labeled as like a Netflix original or is it like an older documentary that they just... No, I, I think it's a Netflix original. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay. It's hard to tell. You know, they have to, so many originals on there now. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, good? Like, entertaining was, the way it's put together? Yeah, yeah. And I, I had, like, I just assumed that Clive Davis, because of, 
you know, his career. Like, I assume that he was like a music guy, like from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just he he was a lawyer that happened to work for Columbia Records. That because of the time period in mm-hmm. like the forty in what like the fifty no the sixties, yeah, because it was still kind of corporate, mm-hmm. you know, and very straight laced and everything. Like during a corporate restructuring, he became the head of Columbia Records. Whoa. That's a, and that's how that's how he started his music career. He was just like, by the way, you're the head of Columbia Records. Why? Because you know you're a lawyer and you know business, right? Cool. Have a nice day. That's crazy. That, that's that's some ridiculous shit. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing back then. No, he had no idea what he was doing. But, but, but apparently, apparently he's got the golden ear. God damn. He know he he knows how to match talent mm-hmm. with a song, mm-hmm. and he puts those two things together, and the entire world explodes. All right, all right. So it sounds like uh, that is super interesting. Sounds like there's a lot of interesting stuff to to learn for yeah. people who don't Especially, know. Especially, well, I mean, dude, and, I mean, it's all pop music that he's done. So yeah, the, the majority of it, yeah. Like, I mean, you've you've heard of someone that he has personally signed. Yeah, yeah, multiple people. Yeah, all, all for, for sure. Yeah, literally the soundtrack of my life. Chris. Extremely influential <laughs> on all of us. Oh hell, shit! Yeah. All right, Clive Davis soundtrack of our lives. It's a lot like Cinema Crest, but so we're the soundtrack of people's lives once a week at least for about an hour and a half. You guys need to up your life. Nah, nah, you guys, <laughs> you guys are doing great. You I'm can even sure, go I'm, back and listen to old episodes. I'm, I'm not sure if this is living your best life. You are... Don't don't listen to Drew. <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. You're you're out there. You're exercising. You're walking. You're losing weight. I think you might want to think long and hard about your life. No, no, no. How, how you got to this specific point in time? No, you're doing your laundry. You're cleaning your house right now. You're making dinner. You are making good choices. We are here to support you. Power power of positive uh, affirmation, Drew. If you say so. You know, it's like a, like a magnet. We can't both be super positive, or else you guys wouldn't want to listen to this, because they're like, oh, this is gross. Super gross. This is super gross. What is this, the Hallmark show? Um, anything else? Just that one documentary? Okay. Well, you know what? That's good that we have a short first half, because I have a, a stupid amount of stories for the second half of this episode, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back with, uh, I got... Movie news, TV news, streaming stuff. Um, I got Marvel. I got DC. I got a little bit of Star Wars. I got big business news. We're going to be talking business stuff, Drew. Business. We're going to be talking about business. And then we're going to finish up with a couple social media stories that both involve uh, former adult actresses. Okay. So prepare for a sexy ending.
Ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? We're back. This is episode 437, the second half of the show, in case you uh, maybe wandered out of the room and then you came back into the room, but the audio is still playing and you forgot where you're at. This maybe, is your reset. We're reminding you. Or maybe you passed out, fell may, asleep. Maybe you passed out from alcoholism, woke up, <laughs> and, and you forgot where you're at. Reminding you, you're okay. You're just in your car slash bed slash uh, uh, backyard listening to podcasts. And now we're in your ears or in the room or also maybe a uh, significant other is forced to listen to this, in which case oh, we apologize. Sorry. Our bad. But uh, hey, this is the soundtrack of your lives. Crispity so. It's weird. It is weird, isn't it? That it's us telling them what to do. Well, not what to do, but hey, uh, flip that burger guy who's listening and not paying attention to your burgers. See, now we just told someone what to do. What, what, what if the burger wasn't ready to flip? Uh, burgers always ready to flip through Chicago because motherfuckers overcooking them shits out there left and right all across America from East Coast to West Coast. Okay. Think I'm lying? You think I'm lying? No. About the efficacy of America's dad grillers? No. I don't think that was the right use of that word. Uh, Drew Chicago, here is this week's uh, TikTok recording. Here we go. And uh, let's see, we're doing episode 437. Find us on gmail.com. Juicer, Cogman, don't look at me like that. Look at this guy, he's so angry. I had to flip the camera there, it took a second. It's going to be a little smoother on the actual TikTok there, but for this, us, don't... This is not good. This is great. This is not good. This is great content. This is what people can expect if they actually listen to Cinema Crespity. So on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcast and and whatnot. I mean, see, that hit stop this is, this is why I don't listen to podcasts. This is why you don't listen to podcasts? One of the many this reasons. One, right, right here, this is why. And now I flip the camera. Now <laughs> it's back over here. Drew's saying he doesn't listen to podcasts because of nonsense like this. But I mean, look at this. See, people can see my shirt. It's got statues of liberties on them. Right, that's what we discussed. Was the, uh, Stat- the statues of liberty? Statues of statues of liberties, not of liberties. Statues of liberties, just, just statues, statues of liberties. Of liberty, singular liberty. What do you guys think it should be? At Crispy so on Twitter, Cinema Crispy so gmail.com, Cinema Crispy so Facebook group. Is it Statues of Liberty? What is the plural of Statue of Liberty? What is the plural of Statue of Liberty? We want assuming to, there were more than one. If there were, if we have a plethora. Of statues of liberties, statues of liberty, statue of liberties, guys, help us out, gals. What do you know? Uh, non uh, identifying gender binary, they oh boy, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we want to hear from you too. I, uh, we're trying, I mean, yeah, we do want to hear from you, but I'm not. We're not, I'm not addressing that. That's ridiculous. No, no need to right now. Why are we? Why are you even bothering? Uh, and just closing out the video here with Drew Sakaga with the middle finger. Drew, why would you say hi to the people? Say hi, Drew. Do it. Say hi to them. He's not doing it. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that the, the? So you're tapping your foot like a horse? Are you doing that Mr. Red thing? Or? <laughs> If you could hear the tapping in the background, I was just like, hey, we're communicating in, that, that's annoying. in, in, horse, in horse fashion. It's fine. You're fine. Uh, let's see here. We're going to talk about, I'm pulling up my news. Actually, you got the Facebook group. There's no emails this week, but we do have two comments in the Facebook group. I was trying so, to get to it. I can't yeah, get to it. You having some trouble getting to it? I can't get to Why it. Why can't you? <laughs> even, even when I do the page, like it doesn't, like, 
There's no well, not, way. Not the page, it's a group. Even the group. Maybe you're accidentally clicking on the... I mean, it's no big, it's no big deal, but I know you're getting off the social media. I, I applaud you for doing that stuff. I don't, I don't want you to have to be like, uh, forcing yourself to figure all this stuff out. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, a, it's like therapy. See, I'm talking to you in a soft, calm, understanding fashion. Also sending you a link to the, <laughs> a direct link to the, to the post there. I think I, I think I found it. Oh, he found it anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're on Cinema Crespity Soft Facebook group, we love you. If you're on Facebook, you should delete your account. If you're on social media, consider just throwing your computer and phones out the window. I hate Facebook. I hate we all hate Facebook. Facebook. We all hate our lives. Go out there. Walk in the woods. Look up at the sky. Say hello to the almighty maker and ask yourself, what is all this for? Drusic Cogman, take it away. Uh, Joshua Fowler gets at us. What up, Josh? That's Pinkman. Okay. He was here. He did an episode. Remember Remember when Pinkman did an episode? No. That's fine. That was a, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Don't take offense, Josh. Uh, Drew, he has he keeps a very little space in his brain for anything crispity, so. Uh, perhaps we've discussed this before, but how the hell did Travolta's wife not notice the penis difference between him and Castro Troy in the hit movie Face Off? Maybe um, their penises were not similar. Maybe, or or may, maybe she, maybe she was blind. Maybe or maybe maybe she didn't care. Maybe she didn't give a fuck. I mean, she was blind in Manhunter. Maybe they hadn't fucked so long that she forgot what that dick was like. Ooh, because mm. that was a problem. He yeah. was all, all so obsessed. Uh, they hadn't, they definitely hadn't fucked since that kid died. And that was probably been a few years at least. She she forgot what that dick was even M- like. Mind wiped it. Mind wiped it. And then when she got that new dick, it's like, yeah, maybe it's better dick. Maybe or it's maybe, a- maybe she didn't get a good look at it. Oh, the time with oh, Castor. she got a good look. He gave her. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he had time to give her a good look at it. Um, maybe uh, it was a better dick. And back in her mind, she knew there's something different about this dick. It's better somehow. And she just like it was okay with it. Pushed that all aside. Because she was getting that good dick. Yeah. And it was still with the face of her husband. Mm-hmm. Who's now being all sexy and, and devious and doing butt stuff. <laughs> you know they were doing butt stuff. First <laughs> time doing butt stuff, for sure. No way he would do butt stuff before, but they're doing it now. Because it was the 90s. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sorry, sir. That's how we talked around that one. Okay. Anything else in that comment? Is that it for, for that's Josh? It, that's it for Thanks, Josh. Josh. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Carmella gets had us. What up, Carmella? With Marvel finally doing the Adult Swim thing with MODOK, what are your all-time favorite Adult Swim animated shows? Oh, I'll nice. go with Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yes. Because it was the first, and I don't remember anything else that was like it at the time. More recently, I'd say Mike Tyson Mysteries, because the writing is sharp, and you can't go wrong with Norm MacDonald as an alcoholic pigeon. That's a great question. That that's uh, Those are good choices. Um, shit, man. Fucking... Space Ghost Coast to Coast was like the jam. Yeah, it was. It, it was and fully the, unique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's what got me into the new Adult Swim. Got me into checking out their other shit. Got me into the and Brack all, Show. All that shit was weird. Brack Show. I was, liked the Brack Show. Brack Show was fucking super strange. I'm a big fan. Uh, I got C Lab. I have seasons one through three of C Lab 2021. Aqua Teen Hunger so Force. So weird. the The old Aqua Teen is. I don't know. They. Seems like they really went off the deep end with some with, with yeah. their later stuff. I mean, yeah, if they could jump over a shark, they somehow did it. Uh, 
first, I got on DVD the two seasons. I'm pretty sure it was more of Metalocalypse. Oh, dude, yeah, oh yeah, Brendan Small stuff. Big fan of all that I mean, stuff. Saw them live. And that's all from like the same t- actual. It's like a lot like when people are like, "Oh my, SNL years were the best." When blank, and then they say the cast that they were watching it like yeah. when they were in high school. Like these are the adult swim shows I watched when I was in college. college yeah, in my twenties. Reason. So now these are just like <laughs> this is it. those are the ones. Yeah, new ones are cool too. But I mean, ain't ain't nothing beating that C Lab twenty twenty one shit, man. Uh, I mean, Venture Brothers. Yeah, that started back then, and still, no, goddamn, that, still that show went on for so long. They got the movie come out, Adventure mm-hmm. Brothers, on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really good animated stuff coming from that, uh, the Adult Swims, the Adult <gasps> Swammers. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Goddamn, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, so, so good. good. That is a hysterical <laughs> show. Man, that was a good one. Uh, Yeah. All that stuff's available, too. No, yeah. I think it's all on... It's all on HBO Max. It's on, it's on HBO Max, but also... I think there's also some on... A bunch pa- of it's on Hulu. Par- Paramount? And Hulu as well. Or is it just HBO Max? Hulu, yeah. It's a little bit spread out, but it's all out there. Yeah. It's all out there for people who want to watch it. Man, those... Uh, goddamn uh, Space Ghost episodes. Ugh. Yeah, some of that shit was hilarious. It's so good. He had some real... I want to know exactly how it was done because sometimes the guests look like they had no idea what was going on. Yeah, how much they informed them ahead of time. No. Or did they sit down and just roll with it? Or they're like, look, really looking around like, what is this guy really asking me these questions? Like, who asked him the questions? Was was the actor, whoever did the voiceover, sitting there like doing it? Or. It was weird. It was so incredibly strange. I loved it. Um, is that it for the yep, question? It's all, all Facebook stuff. All right, thanks, Carmelo. We appreciate it, mate. Uh, let's get into some business news. Drusa Cogburn. Uh, remember, I think we talked about this a bit. The GameStop, AMC, Reddit, Wall Street bets, fiasco, all thing. that stuff. Yeah. The squeezing of the. Um, the big, the short sellers, and pumping up the price of the stock so that the short sellers are losing their money. Mm. Uh, these stocks went like, uh, uh, I don't even know how much. To, so it went up from like three dollars, like twenty dollars, and like or even holding at that. The GameStop stock went from three dollars to like three hundred and fifty, and then it stabilized at like one hundred and fifty, and it's still holding there. Still, uh, and AMC is steady at like twenty, twenty-five bucks or whatever. Um. A couple things happen with uh, the redditors doing that. So, with AMC, with their stock going up in value, uh, it became uh, a different option. It became a different class of stock option. Uh, so then, the made the biggest shareholder in AMC since the year 2012 is the Wanda Group in China. So, uh, AMC, like the biggest person, the the people making the decisions was this um, Chinese uh, company, right? Mm-hmm. They since the option changed on the stock, since the class changed, they had the choice to be able to sell those stocks, which they did. To get all that money. To get all the money and to get the <clears throat> fuck out. They are now out of the U.S. distribution business. Uh, I think they were the only last, I think they were really the last Chinese company. I think China has abandoned the U.S. Uh, uh, film market at this point. They weren't making money um, for them, I guess. Well, I'm sure, I mean, at this point in time, I'm sure their internal market is pretty large yeah they, yeah they're, they, they just need to focus on their own shit too also they their middle class is uh uh shrinking a bit the like their growth from 
you know, everyone's poor to then there's a middle class to then wealth inequality, the thing that we yeah. experience over the course mm-hmm. of like 60 years, to them it's happening in like 20. Yeah. So they're, they're starting to get the pinch and the people, are, it's, it's weird. So um, the AMC CEO, this guy, Adam Aaron, he uh, put out a statement that was pretty much being like, thank you, AMC uh, subredditors, Wall Street bet people. <laughs> uh, you guys are now, we believe, our largest shareholders. So uh, whatever you say goes, and, <laughs> like, we work for you. He's totally gassing them up so that they keep up, hold their yeah. stocks, get more m- people to invest money in it. And uh, the irony being that then, if that does happen and the stocks does increase in price a bit more, they can then buy more debt with those stocks and the uh, value will hold and AMC can actually like have equity in Perhaps. a way that they didn't have uh, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, without having like Chinese money, it's pretty, yeah. pretty interesting seeing where that goes. Uh, meanwhile, AT&T, they bought... Uh, HBO and Warner Media and all that a couple of years ago, yeah, and they already <laughs> they regret that decision so much. What what happened was they got a new CEO, and the new CEO was like the last CEO I done fucked up, and we went out. So they uh, are selling off, or they made a deal for Warner Media and HBO to be partnered up with the Discovery Channel, uh, essentially the yeah. uh, the Discovery whatever company that is. Who does <clears> that? <throat> don't know. And uh, that's going to be like a huge media company now between the two of them. Discovery is based out in New York. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that means Discovery Plus is going to get integrated into HBO Max. That of would, sorts. That probably, would be interesting. I mean, it's probably going to happen the same way that National Geographic got bunched into Disney Plus. Yes, it's, right? It's a hub. Yes. You know what? I'm down for a fucking... Discovery Hub? I'm totally down for Discovery Hub. They have a lot of shit on yeah, that yeah. thing. And uh, I only hear good things from people who... Uh, who use it like on podcasts and stuff? It's got a good, good like uh, consumer reporting. It seems anyway. Um, so that's hysterical. And then also, uh, a uh, Amazon is in talks to buy MGM <laughs> for nine billion dollars. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yes, that includes. I mean, I'm actually gonna click. I'm so, not just gonna read so that means line. what? Does, does that mean the end of Amazon Studio or? Did, is Amazon Studios going to be their independent wing? Ah, yes. How will this work for Amazon Studios? Because they're going to use that MGM fucking banner. According to a Variety, they'll just use them both, MGM and Amazon Studios. According to Variety, MGM has been up for sale since December 2020, and et cetera, et cetera. doesn't say anything about how it's going to do the Amazon Studios thing, but... They noted that MGM has a library of 4,000 films, 17,000 hours of television, and probably the biggest uh, franchise owned by MGM and has been owned by them for a while is the James Bond franchise. So Amazon just is getting into the James Bond game specifically. Amazon Prime. That'll be interesting if they end up dropping that movie on Prime. Or now, not. Amazon Studios, they've already been doing the whole theatrical thing. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, but that'd be wild. They were just like, nope, Prime. MG, I mean, they, they could put the entire MGM catalog on Amazon Prime if they wanted to. Well, that's probably what they're going to end up doing. Uh, James Bond, Handmaid's Tale, Rocky, Stargate, Robocop, Legally Bond, Vikings. Vikings was good. Those are just some of the things that they have. Nine billion dollars, just a guy. That's a lot of fucking. That that, that, that is g- the GDP of a medium-sized country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, oh man. Um, it's going to be some movie stuff. Uh. These are some of the stories where it's like Hollywood sucks. Mm-hmm. 
this, this, we talk about the Scott Rudin guy who worked for like 824 a bunch and Coen Brothers, a successful producer who had a very toxic work environment. He fired, he soft fired people. They went to Starbucks across the street and then when he calmed down, they could come back to work. Mm-hmm. That kind of nonsense, throwing things at people. Um, one of his accusers who actually uh, did not speak anonymously but has come out said that um, before the story broke, like around town in LA, it, the word got out that it leaked that the story was coming out against Scott Rudin in Hollywood. And before it could even come out and he was actually named in the story, uh, someone swatted him. Oh, wow. Yeah, sent fucking swat to his house when his family was there and shit. And so um, he figures that's a direct result of him speaking out. And it's like he's just, it's baffling that people want to uh, keep this system in place, you know, the, the abusive system. <clears throat> it's It's obviously been profiting for a lot of people for a very yeah, long time friend. they don't so, want things to change yeah you know. so uh when he upset the uh when he rocked the boat man people want to throw you off the boat you just stop rocking it's a bunch of bullshit so, oh this is from variety someone put on a uh, study this is a um asian pacific islander no what is this what's the study api just says ap oh it's about api actors uh asian pacific islander actors out of 1,300 films, like major films that date back to 2007, only 3.4% of them, of the roles, feature uh, Asian or Pacific Islander actors. Okay. Out of 1,300 films. Yeah. Um, the, uh, obviously, of all these actors, the one with the most roles is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, out of... Uh, there's 44 movies out of those 1300 movies 44 have been led by an Asian or Pacific Islander actor right out of those 44 14 of them are Dwayne Johnson movies <laughs> so a full third yep um, after that it's Keanu Reeves with 5 John Cho has 3 Constance Wu with 2 and Dave Patel with 2 and that's it um, Argo goes further and further. Lots of a lot of numbers, very low numbers, very depressing numbers for uh, representation stuff, and just it's crazy to see the hierarchy hierarchy of racism. What what's getting addressed first? And it's like, uh, well, first we gotta get more black roles going. Okay, all right, finally we're doing. Okay, now we need more. Okay, we got into heights and you know uh, Spanish stuff, and then now it's like we gotta get to the Asian. So why can't it all just be at the same time? It's all you know what I mean. It's weird. Well, we can't. The, the, it, it takes a long time for the people with the money. Apparently, weren't interested in taking never other taking brown people's money. Never interested. What? Or they're interested like, in if taking tell, their money, if you, but just if not. If you tell their stories, then you get their money. But then let them tell their stories, too, also. Don't tell their stories for them. That's well, not I, I never said for no, them. I know, but I'm saying, but that's a... Uh, that's I'm like saying you tell their stories. But it's like, that's what they hear, though. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's like, no, no, you guys are still fucking up. And they're like, oh, fine, we'll just go back to the, we'll do Braveheart, too. Like, no, that's not what we're... Braveheart in Africa. Oh, Braveheart visits Africa. Braveheart goes <laughs> no, to Africa. Not, not goes to Africa. An African version of Braveheart. Oh, I thought you were saying we're having William Wallace, but like, <laughs> no. I'm gonna, we're going to show these Africans how we do it. No. And then they're like the blue faces. No. and the, I'm sure if you... Mel Gibson will do it. I'm sure someone somewhere knows a story of equivalent grandeur. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. The, the kingdom of Exum, 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 something like that. There's got to be something going on in there. Quincy Jones, oh, this is a funny, Quincy Jones did an interview 
with Hollywood Reporter. He did one a few years ago where he said some crazy shit, and then his daughters had to have like an intervention with him and be like, "You gotta stop talking crazy." So he uh, was a little better this time around, but he did drop a few things that were interesting. Uh, he said he would never work with Elvis, and it was because he was racist. Uh, where where is it? He says, "Did you ever work with Elvis?" No, I would not work with him. Why not? I was writing for Tommy Dorsey back in the 50s. Elvis came in and Tommy said, I don't want to play with him. He was a racist mother. I'm going to shut up now. But every time I saw Elvis, he was being coached by Otis Blackwell, telling him how to sing. So just being like, he had a black guy show him how to sing. And then he was a racist well, motherfucker. And, 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 so people and, didn't want to work with him. Because and, and rock and roll is just blues with, with distortion. So yeah, Pretty much. Pretty much. And then uh, metal is just, uh, rock and roll with more distortion. Just keep adding the, keep adding the distortion. He also said that he um, was this one. Oh, that Donnie and Marie, uh, that they stole the Osmonds, that they stole the Jackson Five's gimmick, their bit, and that the reason that they were popular, more popular at the time, is because they just did what the Jack- Jackson Five were doing. But they were white. But they were white. Yeah. There were all some white people mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, he also says that he speaks 26 languages. He writes in seven. He speaks Serbo-Croatian, Turkish, and he writes Arabic. That's bonkers. That is bonkers. That's crazy bonkers. Um, thought about working with Michael Jackson. Anyway, it's a good interview. People should check it out. Quincy Jones, Hollywood Reporter. Indiana Jones 5. Rumor. You ready for this? Space. Well, I mean, they just did aliens, so... They just did aliens. If they keep following the timeline of the character aging and Ford aging, that this would be uh, Indiana Jones in the 60s. Do we go to space? Space race, Soviet stuff. Rumor is that Matt Mikkelsen's going to play a, a scientist who's like a, a Nazi scientist who gets brought over working for... Uh, oh, you mean like Operation Paperclip? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, real... You know, no. They like to do that stuff, yeah, but yeah. then probably... Well, I mean, Werder von Braun created the... The V two rocket that destroyed, you know, the, the, the blitzed mm-hmm. England, and then he came over here and ma- took us to the moon. Hell yeah! Someone's got. We need the best rocket guy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get to the moon. We need the best rocket guy. Um, and then Indiana Jones is going to be like, "This rocket belongs in a museum." He's going to be old though. That, that sounds awful. He's going to be old. Um, Samuel Jackson's in the new Spiral uh, Saw movie, right? Okay. And uh, the director was talking about how he was on set with him, and they had a couple of days of shooting where Samuel Jackson, he's like rigged up hanging in the sky. Uh, I guess he's like in a, one of these traps or whatever. And it's physically, you know, kind of tough for an actor to have to do that, that for eight, ten hours a day. So while he was up there at one point, he asked Samuel Jackson, he's like, hey, why did you agree to do this movie? Like, why are you in a Saul movie? And Samuel Jackson said, anytime there's. Um, interesting violence or a, or a death or a kill scene, I'm in. So give him something where he dies violently and he'll he'll sign on for your movie. There we go. So we gotta write something super violent and then come up with the with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> so we can so we can make a movie with Samuel Jackson, man. Because he's I mean he's in the seventies. Come on, he's not gonna put up with this shit for much longer. Yeah. That's pretty cool though. He's like, hey, you gonna kill my character crazy? I'm in. <laughs> that sounds like a fun idea. Um Robert De Niro tore a quad muscle on the set of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's $200 million epic that he's making with uh, an unrecognizable Leo DiCaprio up there in, where is it? 
Idaho, okay, Omaha, Middle America. You know, Middle America where they talk like this because they got a mouthful of shit and they're all spitting it out there like this and this here over this yeah. guy over there making these movies <clears throat> about the Indians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There you go. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. You nailed it, Boomhauer over here. <laughs> Um, he like apparently stepped awkward and, and just ripped this old man quad. And they're like, fortunately, he doesn't have too many mobile scenes, so he's gonna be doing a lot of sitting in his scene. He's gonna be sitting there. He has to keep his legs straight and while well, he acts now. But old man De Niro got hurt in this movie. Weird. Attack the block too. Yeah, it's happened. Well, it maybe happened. Joe Cornish, the original writer director, is writing it. Boyega committing to coming back. That's a fun movie, man. It is. Attack the Block is really good. Yeah. And it's available usually on some sort of streaming service, uh, like a Hulu or Netflix, even the ones with um, like a Tubi. Fucking carnivorous. commercials in there. Goddamn carnivorous space monkeys. But they're like, they're like that color of black that's like the uh, the deepest, the darkest black yeah, ever. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it literally. Yeah, it's like a it's like a black hole with glowing. Yeah, eyes. yeah, it's like yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> or glowing mouth. Right? Yeah, glowing yeah, mouth. mouth. It is that uh, who made that uh, that black spray paint? That black paint, that or, ultra black. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, that it sucks in. And then someone did an opposite one with uh, like with an white. ultra white. Yeah. So I guess it, ref- it refracts, it reflects all the light. Yeah. Magnets, how do they work? Kind of like <laughs> um, the boo 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 boy, I lost my place. Star Wars back to Boyega, just real quick. He um commended Marvel for elevating stories of black, indigenous, and people of color and stuff like that. And uh, specifically, he mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but then Marvel's also got Shang-Chi coming up, and Eternals is loaded up with uh, all sorts of. Um, just non-white or even non-straight characters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, I, it sounds like he's sort of also angling for a, hey guys, like, what's up? <laughs> Come burned, on! I know you're all Disney, but I burned my Star Wars bridge. I mean, <laughs> but you guys are different. It's Kevin Feige, come on, let's work together, buddy. It is weird how it's all Disney, but they're yeah. still their their own little fiefdoms within the Disney banner and then the Disney CEO has to like manage all those different yeah. uh, divisions and I mean, stuff. The mouse is at the top. The mouse is at the goddamn top of all the CEOs. The Disney CEO seems to have to do the most work. Probably. Um, Ooh, ready for a new natural disaster movie called supercell starring Alec Baldwin and Hache and Skeet Ulrich. <sighs> really? <laughs> yes, and it's not a, a movie found in a time capsule dug up from 1999. This is a new thing people are making. Um, let's see. It's uh, What's it about? It's already in production in Georgia and Montana. It's directed by a guy who does TV stuff and written by people that I don't know who these names are. And it tells a thrilling tale of this guy who's not even the people I mentioned. Someone else. A good-hearted teenager. Ugh who uh, wants to live in his father's footsteps, a legendary storm chaser uh, who was killed in action. His father's legacy has been turned into a storm chasing business managed by the greedy and reckless owner. That's Alec Baldwin. He's like, come on, kid. We're going to chase a storm. <laughs> um, Skeet Ulrich will be his dad's old partner. And Hayes is the mom. It's a storm chasing movie. It sounds awful. I can't wait. It sounds like it was written right after Twister made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then someone tripped on it while they were uh, cleaning out the closet. Like, what's this box full of? Oh, Supercell. What's this? Oh, okay, yeah. Ooh. Maybe Alec Baldwin will like this. He's looking for something to do. Um, Travis Knight is this guy who was the CEO of like uh, uh, animation. All right, so he's behind Coraline and Box Trolls and all that stuff. And then he parlayed that into doing Bumblebee, into directing that. All right. Um, Bumblebee made respectable money on a lower budget. So now he is being seen as a guy who could make something that looks like a blockbuster without necessarily having a blockbuster budget. Uh, and that got him this new gig at Netflix, uh, adapting a book called A People's History of the Vampire Uprising. So he's making a vampire movie. Okay. The guy who did uh, all the Leica stuff and then that Kubo and the Two Strings, that was him. That was all him. That was a good movie. Paranorman, you ever see that one? Remember, no. you remember that one? No. That was a good one. I remember I didn't see it. The only one I didn't see was Box Trolls. I've seen Coraline, Paranorman, Kubo. Uh, the Leica stuff's all good, man. You really got to be a special sort of nerd to be working in stop motion animation. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Take the time. Like, okay, you can move. Me <laughs> Take the picture. Take the picture. All right, how we worked for eight hours today. How many seconds of film do we make? Half. Two. <laughs> oh, half. Oh, my God. Half second. Half second. All right, here's me killing myself. Uh, ooh, Sharon Stone doing some accidental uh, publicity for the Basic Instinct Triple X cut. I had no idea this was happening. But thank you, Sharon Stone, uh, which this, this was not her intention, but now we know. Okay. Um, it's a 20th... Fifth thing. Oh, I clicked on the wrong story. <laughs> Here we go. Sharon Stone. Uh, this is uh, Insider. Basic Instinct came out in 1992. So they're going to release a director's triple X cut for the 30th anniversary. She told... Um, I, I get, okay, 30th yeah. triple X. There you go. I get it. And... Uh, bu- 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 she uh, talked about how... The leg crossing scene, like she was told, oh no, no one's gonna see your up your, yeah, uh-huh. and then at the, <laughs> at, the, at the first screening on a big ass screen, it's like look at my vagina, for everyone to see. And uh, according to her, she went into the like the production booth where Paul Verhoeven was and and slapped him, like during the screening. And then uh, and she, what was it? Does he even say? Yeah, I went to the projection booth and slapped him across the face. Verhoeven said that Sharon is lying after being misled. Any actress knows what she's going to see if you ask her to take off her underwear and point there with the camera, he said in 2017. Uh, I mean, that just sounds like um, victim blaming. But when she saw the scene, it's surrounded by other people, including her agent and her publicist, she went crazy. Everyone told her that this scene would ruin her career, so she came and asked me to take it away. I told her, no, you accepted, and I showed you the result, I said, and she replied, fuck you. Well, we're hoping at least honest about all that stuff. It seems. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. No. Triple X cut coming. Is it a real triple X cut? No. It's just, it's just triple X for the 30 and just to remind you that you get to see get Sharon Stone's young vagina. Younger vagina. And boobs and other stuff, too, yeah. as well. There's a, it's a sexy, it is sl- a, sl- sl- it sleazy It is movie. a sleazy 90s movie, is man. Uh, they, they don't make them like that anymore. No, they do not. They really don't. Um, speaking of anniversary releases, Mission Impossible has a Blu-ray anniversary release of the first movie. So uh, Tom Cruise sat down to do an interview with um, Christopher McQuarrie, 
He's like, I ain't going to let anyone interview me anymore. Now it's got to be people that I trust deeply. So Chris McQuarrie uh, asked him, I guess, his pre-arranged questions. And it's all about the making of the first Mission Impossible. And the two things that uh, are pretty interesting is that the final sequence on the bullet train, um, Brian De Palma came up with that before they even had a story. Nice. He, he met with Tom Cruise. He's like, I want to do this on a train. This train's going to be going fast. And people climbing on top of it. They had all these ideas. And Tom Cruise was like, yes, yes, this sounds great. And they worked out all the logistics of the train scene together. Like, okay, now we need a, a story. <laughs> oh, a helicopter too. <laughs> they probably had the helicopter before they had the story. Um, but they were just like, this is a cool idea. We want to do this. And then another thing, one of the more iconic scenes from that movie that people spoof over the years is the uh, sneaking into Langley yeah. and the slow descent on the rope. And then like he gets dropped at one point and almost he has to, like hold his body mm-hmm. inches away from hitting the ground. He has to catch the drop of sweat. And then he has to catch a drop <laughs> of sweat. Yeah, very suspenseful scene, right? He said in this interview that uh, he kept messing up the take because every time they were dropping him down, he couldn't like hold his body stiff enough and his face kept hitting the ground. Pop, like his body is splat. He kept hitting the ground over and over. And eventually, Brian De Palma was like, we're going to give it one more try, but if we don't get it here, we're going to move on and we'll just, we'll do a we'll cut. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just cut it instead of like having it done in one take because they really wanted to get it done in one. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I can do it. And obviously, it's in the movie. He nails the, the very last one. It was like, Ugh! And he's like sweating and trying not to uh, uh, bend any part of his body to touch the ground. And then he said that De Palma was then like holding the take for so long. He's like, why would this guy? <laughs> why would this guy yell cut? Uh, making movies is hard. Yeah. It's hard ass shit. This is funny. Justin Lin explains how he kept, why he keeps coming back to Fast and Furious. And essentially he's just like, oh, I feel like I ne- never, the door is never closed. I never left. But this I found fascinating. And I wonder if he's exaggerating at all. Um, I remember I was in the cutting room on Star Trek Beyond. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And Vin called me and he's talking about Dom Toretto and the state of Dom for two hours. <laughs> what? What's Vin Diesel doing? Hey, listen, I gotta talk about you know, Dom's got family. <laughs> but he's like, what about my family? What are they talking about for two hours? I think I, think, I, think, I, think I might have a brother, I but, think, I, but I don't but know. But I don't know. What if he's like mad at me? <laughs> for two hours. Hey, you know, I'll, I'm thinking maybe this time I'll drink a Corona. But then I'll also I'll talk about family. I don't know, Vin. I know, but listen. <laughs> I have no idea. Hear me out. That's so weird. That's crazy. Uh, so he feels like he's never been a- away from it, even though he's done other stuff and other yeah. people have directed movies. And then apparently he hit up Universal, like, I have an idea for a trilogy. And they're just like, go. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. And those things have... I mean, I don't know how much they cost to make, but they make a bunch of money. They must cost between 175 and 225 They have to, I would imagine. Especially the last four or five. Uh, but yeah, they make a billion at least. Or they're starting to. The last couple, I think, did. The one, the the last Paul Walker one made a billion for sure. Um, there's an A24 movie that looks like it's a horror comedy called False Positive, and okay. it's based. It's sort of in the vein of a Rosemary's Baby, and it's the one of the girls from the Broad City, and okay. it's and it's even directed by the guy who uh, wrote for <laughs> Broad City and also created Wonder Showsen. But it's it, ooh, Wonder Showsen was fucking weird man so it's a sort of horror movie sort of comedy about a, she's a lady who and she seems to be playing it pretty straight yeah um but she's a lady who uh 
gets a fertility, uses a fertility doctor to help get pregnant. The doctor played by Pierce Brosnan. And then she does get pregnant, and then things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it's an 824 movie, but uh, it's coming out this summer on Hulu. Okay. So you won't have to have Apple to, cool. to see it. They've had that Apple deal, but apparently I guess it's not an exclusive. Or maybe Apple didn't mm-hmm. want it or whatever. I have no idea. Uh, but eight two four movie, it. Co- yeah, exactly. I'll take it too. God damn, everyone has Hulu. I, I like Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Give me some more Pierce. How old is this guy now? He's got to be in the seventies, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ, we're all dying. Like who just died? Charles Grodin just died. Everybody dies, Chris. Uh, everyone dies. Not Jesus Christ. Well, actually, he did die. But then he came oh back. <laughs> yeah, he did. He died. Uh, <laughs> who didn't die? There's one guy, um, Elisha. Elijah, Elijah, the prophet, he, he didn't die. He got, he got taken up into heaven. And never in, came back. In, in a, and never came back. He got taken into heaven in, so a, he was in a, a chariot of fire. So he was, or abducted, a chariot. he was abducted by aliens. He was, he was either abducted by aliens, <laughs> and they were like, whoa, angels. Or like a tornado came whew, whipped him away, <laughs> and they were like, whoa, God. <laughs> but yeah, he got whisked away, and people were like, he, I think he got taken to heaven. I, I think he probably died. Yeah, he died. Oh, <laughs> his body got flung somewhere, and he died. But they're like, I think he's... I think he's uh, with a god. Um, I want to see the documents. On that. <laughs> you want to see the documents? I, well, somewhere, somewhere in the book of uh, Isaiah, no, Elijah. I don't know the names of the books anymore. King of Kings? Kings. The book of Kings? Fuck. It's been a while since I read that thing. Good stories in there. Mark Ruffalo is going to be in the new Yorgos Lanthimos movie okay. called Poor Things. Uh, just to remind people what this movie is, it will be starring Emma Stone. It's an adaptation of a book in which she plays a character called Bella Baxter. And here is the book's synopsis. Not the necessarily the movie, but this is how the book is described. Um, it's late 19th century Glasgow, of course. Right? He loves those old-timey mm-hmm. women. Um oversexed, volatile Bella Baxter, an emancipated woman. Uh, She is drowned. She drowns herself to escape her abusive husband, but a surgeon removes the brain from the fetus she was carrying and places it in her skull, resuscitating her. The revived Bella has the mental age of a child um, engaged to marry... Okay, she chloroforms him and runs off with a shady lawyer who takes her on a whirlwind adventure. As her brain matures, she develops a social conscious, but her rescheduled nuptials are cut short when she is recognized later, etc., etc. It's a uh, it's a erotomani- erotomaniac Frankenstein. So weird. Yes. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos's sexy Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Uh, that's all it is. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. down for it, right? Uncle, yeah. and, and it's Emma Stone. Sure. And it's uh, Willem Dafoe. It's so weird. And now we're adding Mark Ruffalo. So uh, uh, a, a sad guy, <laughs> a sad harried character will be added to this. Uh, it's gonna be a weird movie. Yes, I'm. I'm down for erot- erotomaniac Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Last movie story before we get to the other categories. Oh, we got plenty of time. We're doing good here. And Drew Sakagra and Henry Cavill has confirmed there can only be one. I know Highlander. And it will be him. And it will be him. We're getting the Highlander reboot. Uh, directed by Chad Stilhesky, director of John Wick's 1, 2, and 3. So uh, Swords. Oh, man. You know what, though? 
if they don't so that's a thing i've only i've only seen the first highlander i've never bothered with any of the other okay ones. So, so, so i'm not that married to the whole franchise no, in, in the second one they try to make them aliens right yeah okay you, you've told and me they go about sci-fi this. with it yeah, yeah, yeah try to explain them a little more they do uh a, 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 you know they go back to the way whatever the fuck it was up uh, apparently there is an end to it all i guess there was one with christopher lambert and the guy from the tv series and then the final one the guy is just it's a movie with just the guy from the TV series. Um, one of those shows featured the lead singer from Fine Young Cannibals, who also knows martial arts. Um, they got, you drive me crazy. Ooh, ooh. I'm also a Highlander. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. That guy. That guy yeah. was in the, the, second, the second of the two shows. Because that was late 90s. I can't recall. Um, Either way. The first one was the only really good one. Movie? Yeah. Yes, because it's batshit bananas. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's so awesome. So I feel like if they're going to make do a remake of it, it can't just be cool or have some good fights. It has to be fucking crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, there's going to be Highlanders. Oh, my God. It has... Uh, it, that movie is so over the top. When they... To make the swords spark, the swords aren't... They're going to do like, no, we'll do it with CG. In that movie, they connected cables to car batteries ran the cables up the actors sleeves and touched them to the sword so when their swords clang together it's like a shower of something incredibly dangerous um, ain't no way they're doing that to Henry Cavill they're not gonna hook him up to a car battery no Christopher Lambert yes he doesn't even speak English <laughs> car battery this guy up Clancy Brown he's a giant he doesn't give a shit he'll do it Henry Cavill he's a, he's a He's a treasure. Be careful with this guy. You can't hook him up to electricity yeah. like that. It's uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna. I'm obviously gonna see it. I mean, yeah, I want to see. Definitely what, gonna see. I want to see what the fuck they're gonna do with this thing. Because I mean, I'm not. As far as I'm concerned, there is no lore. Like, there's just yeah, they're, they the just, idea of the immortals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to fight each other till there's only one left. Yeah, and then he's like some sort of god or something. Yeah, they're, <laughs> and they're gaining the powers as they yeah. kill off the yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah. Uh huh totally fine with that that's all you need uh it's fun and it's weird he did put up a, in his initial post about the thing about uh, being highlander he did put up a thing about how he's like oh i'm also gonna get in touch with my i just happened to get in touch with my scottish heritage and had a picture of like two books about wearing kilts um a bottle of scotch and uh like some old knife like a rock knife i guess that he had or whatever so I guess he's really like uh, does have a Scottish background there. Then interesting that he's gonna be as opposed to Christopher Lambert, <laughs> who did that movie phonetically, which is why one of the reasons why it works so well. It's so crazy. It's crazy, and he's he's insane. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery is a Spaniard. I'm, yeah, I'm from Spain. I'm a Spanish person from Spain. We're gonna have chapas tonight. I've never un- well, like, I, even I, as a kid when I watched this movie, I was like, but you're you're not Spanish. Shut up, shut up, young man. I'm drinking sangria. <laughs> We're going to get tacos right now. I'm from Spain. You don't you don't know tapas. what you're talking about. I'm getting I'm drink, we're eating tapas tonight. I'm going to ceviche in downtown Orlando. We're getting tapas. Um rest in peace, ceviche. Rest in, rest in peace. COVID victim. Um, yeah, the movie ain't no way it's going to be anywhere as, as crazy. And that's going to be a shame. A couple of quick Marvel stories. Kevin Feige uh, says that he 
regrets the casting of Tilda Hinton. Tilda Hinton. Tilda Swinton. Tilda, Tilda Hinton is Tilda Swinton's uh, <laughs> uh, a sad sister. Uh, Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange as the ancient one who in the books is a Tibetan character, an old Tibetan character. And when they cast the movie at the time, they're like, look, we were just trying not to... Uh, playing to any crazy Asian Fu Manchu stereotypes. But really, what they were doing, and they still won't say, is that you can't acknowledge a Tibetan movie that you expect to play in, in China. China. Yeah, yeah, China ain't going to let nope. you get no Tibet shit in there, so they had to change it to a Celtic guy, or gal in this case. Whatever. And even now, he's like, now, we now he's saying, I fucked up, we should have found another way to cast... With an as an Asian character, with an Asian actor, et cetera, et cetera, that it should have been a little truer to that aspect of it instead of quote whitewashing it. Um, but it's funny to not acknowledge the whole. It's a Tibet thing, really, yeah. is why. Oh. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> they're still afraid. It's China, I'm so afraid. <laughs> they don't make that much money in China. I don't know. And the thing is, like, only fifty percent of it comes back. Um, so if a movie makes two hundred million dollars over there, only hundred it's coming back anyway. Who gives a shit, guys? And they ain't, movies ain't making that much over there. Um, the other story is also related to Doctor Strange, how um, Elizabeth Olsen, she worked on WandaVision, and then uh, like she f- shot that for however long it took, finished on a Wednesday. By Monday, she was on a plane going to London to shoot Doctor Strange 2. Mm, like she, she had yeah. a crazy tight turnaround and all that. They were really like trying to pack these things in to make sure that they can... Uh, fit their new schedule, which no. is like 18 movies over, over the course of two years. So, dude, we're going to be seeing a Marvel movie like every three months okay. up here in a minute. I mean, as long as they're good. I mean, they got a pretty good hit rate. Pretty good yeah. sex rate for at least being entertaining, right? Yeah, I mean, there is like total, like the middle of the ground Marvel movies. But, sure. even, but even those, like, they're whatever. Yeah, I mean, sure, I'll take an Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Exactly. It's fine. I mean, it's not Thor Ragnarok, but what is? It's like Thor Love and Thunder, hopefully. Perhaps. Maybe. 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 Uh, it's going to be so rocking. Ah. <laughs> um, here's a bunch of DC stories. <clears throat> Black Adam. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's working on that, but he has another DC project in the works. His company is producing it, and it is um, the DC's... Uh, what was it called? I gotta click on it because I forgot the name. It's the it, it's definitely for kids. Yeah. It's gonna skew kids, and it's the DC League of Super Pets. Okay, and he's gonna voice Crypto, Super Dog. Who I did not know Crypto's been around since 1955. Yeah, that's a long fucking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just always assumed he was added in like the 70s when they were doing like Gadzuki, Son of Godzilla, and Scrappy Doo. You know, adding all yeah. these bullshit characters. I thought he was a uh, Crypto came from that, but he's much older. Which is gives it more credibility, I guess, in a way. Well, maybe the first hack job, maybe. Super pet. Ooh, is that the so first stupid? Is crypto the first super pet? When I was a kid, I was fine with crypto for some reason. But when I watched these Superboy cartoons, which I don't know if they're available anywhere, um, he was essentially in a high school, I think. Boy and his can? dog. Yeah, a boy and his dog, and all the episodes of all the dog, and he would always have to put the cape on him, and he's got the little red cape, and they're flying around. And it's so cute. He puts a cape on his dog to go fly. It's so weird. Oh, it's adorable. I was I was into it for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. The because I was a dumb kid and there's something else available to me. The uh, speaking of animated Superman, animated Superman series uh, coming to HBO Max slash Cartoon Network. 
uh, and a new Batman animated series from the people who made the 1991. Yeah, that one's also coming to HBO Max um, Cartoon Network, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Batgirl movie. Okay. Moving forward. Director's interesting choice. The uh, These guys, uh, it's the two guys, Adil El Arbi. Oh, boy. And Bilal Falau. That's practically a palindrome. Um, it's close. Those last names, close to palindrome. The, uh, these guys are the co-directors of Bad Boys for Life 3. <laughs> yeah, terrible title. Fuck you guys. Fuck those guys. But that movie made a lot of money. Um, and it was for Jerry Bruckheimer. So at the time, they were actually like, uh, we might do Bad Boys for Life 2. How would they want to look that <laughs> uh, Or... Bad Boys Five Life. Yeah, it was, <laughs> he fucked it up, guys. You fucked it up. Um, or Beverly Hills Cop Four is, was also floating out there. So like, oh, we don't know. We won't. We also want to do that movie. Ends up, eh, they're doing the Batgirl movie. So that's a hard turn to a okay. to something else. See how that works out. But that's cool though. Got a Batgirl movie coming. Um, probably gonna be Barbara Gordon, most likely. Right, she's like the definitive Batgirl. I think. I mean, yeah. Until, you know. She gets shot. Oh, <laughs> spoiler alert! Jesus, the uh, Green Lantern how, how series. Old is that spoiler. I know for real. The Green Lantern series uh, already cast Finn Whitrock as uh, Guy Gardner, and they just cast another. Uh, I think another Lantern. And let me see who it is. I'm clicking on it, and it's uh, Alan Scott, famous Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Okay. Does that name sound familiar to you? No, it doesn't. Was a really Green Lantern guy. Yeah, who is? Green Lantern sucks. Uh, Jeremy Irvine is a guy who was in Treadstone, Jason Bourne TV show. Okay. And he's in talks to play this uh, Alan Scott. He was uh, he was in Sense8 as well. Oh, there we go. There we go. Which, which one was he? He was the white, the white dude. The white guy. Like the American white guy. Short hair, brown. The one who was hooking up with the DJ. I don't remember. The Icelandic DJ. Perhaps. I think so. I think so. It's been a while. It's been a minute since I've seen that show. That show was pre- it was weird. Renovation. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. Uh, final DC story. James Gunn reveals that when he uh, presented actors with their roles for the Suicide Squad or gave them the, the screenplay, he told them right off the bat, hey, you gonna die. He let, he let everyone Good. know ahead of time who was gonna die and who wasn't, so they could go into it with no uh, worries about oh, is this gonna be something that drags on or uh, have it hang over their head? Am I gonna make it or not? Yeah. Like, no, you gonna die. This is happening. It's the name of the movie. It's the name of the movie. So, so, that's the problem with the first one. Not enough people die in that movie. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this one, most of them die. That'd be awesome. Because who gives? Yeah, exactly. It should be just a revolving door of B and C characters. <laughs> yes, with like great stunt casting, like yeah, Stallone yeah. for uh, King Shark. Exactly. So absolutely. Yeah, you know, I played a shark in this movie. All I had to do was go to the studio and talk to a mic. It was love. Hey, Sistine. His daughter, Sistine Stallone, is on TikTok, and, and Sly pops up in a couple of her TikToks, and it's always weird when he cameos in, in her social media stuff. Because it mostly focuses on her. Because so uh, he has like three or four daughters with his most recent wife. Um, and uh, she's a model. So I think all the girls are like, we're all trying to be models now. Because they're all like getting to college age. Yeah. So they're all on social media. But Sistine's the one doing it the most. And 
slides in it, doing letting her do like TikTok uh, fil- face filters. So <laughs> like, hey, this is my daughter. Yeah. Listen, I just want <laughs> you all to know. <laughs> um, where are we at? Where are we at? Getting to the end here. Getting to the end. Oh yeah, James Gunn. Okay, TV streaming stuff. Fox is making an animated series with Dan Harmon, but apparently. It's a blockchain animated series? It's going to be an NFT. So, what's the official statement here? He says, uh, it's, it's a weird statement. Fox Entertainment CEO Charlie Collier told advertisers, uh, as an advertiser-focused, artist-first, and animation-obsessed company, Fox is going to take advertisers into the world of blockchain-powered tokens, including NFTs. Um so the show is called Crapopolis. It will be set in a mythical ancient Greece that is centered on a flawed family of humans, gods, and monsters that tries to run one of the world's first cities without killing each other. You're never going to see it. The marketplace will curate and sell digital goods ranging from NFTs of one-of-a-kind character and background art and gifts, as well as... Tokens that provide exclusive social experiences to engage and reward superfans, according to Fox. Sounds awful. Doesn't that sound like a bunch of techno babble? Um, advertiser techno babble. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. That's what exactly what I want to do. I want to spend my money on uh, gifts of my favorite cartoon characters. Exclusive ones. So exclusive that then I what I have on my phone and I walk around people like look. Well, no, I, it's, look an, what it, I got. it's an NFT. You you don't have it. It's you. It's something that works. I can't. I want. I can't put it in the shadow box you, on my in my studio. You can access it. Can I digitally? So I'm gonna as, ha- as long as the window's open to view it. So I'm gonna have a, a tablet hooked up. I'm gonna frame a tablet and then have that hooked up to that window, <laughs> that digital window. And it'll cycle through my NFTs so I can see all the digital art that I paid for exclusive rights to. Yes. That's on a blockchain. Yeah. Somehow that works, sure. I think. And someone someone's getting money for this? <laughs> a lot of it, yes. A lot. Uh, Fox said that the show will be, quote, the first ever animated se- series curated entirely on the blockchain. There you go. Should we get on the blockchain? Should we get Should we get NFTs? No. Should we get FTs? No, I, I don't know about fun. I don't. I don't know what fungible tokens yeah, are. <laughs> we should get some fungible tokens. We should get some fungible tokens. We should get some un unencrypto currency. I mean, I, I have uncrypto currency. <laughs> yeah, it's called. It's, that's just currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should. We should. Op- we, I think we should work in unencrypto and FTs. I mean. Like I said, I, I don't know what fungible tokens are. So well, non fungible means it can't be copied. I think. Because it's in a blockchain digital space. So our tokens will just be uh, not on a, a blockchain digital space. It'll be like people can uh, photocopy it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Our tokens. So we'll sell, we'll sell gifts of us doing stuff. Like, we, like moving. We shouldn't do that. And then, uh, but we'll sell them to people who can then copy them and, and, and disseminate them even further. That, that's a bad idea. But it's the opposite of what Fox is doing. Okay, does that make it a better idea? I think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what a blockchain is. The uh, Isaray uh, 
has an overall deal over at HBO Max, and she is reviving Project Greenlight. Okay. So that could be fun. Uh, and it's also f- funny that um, the show essentially ended when uh, Matt Damon was one of the producers on it, and uh, they were like, people were like, how come you know there's so little you know people of color involved in any aspect of this show? And Matt Damon was like, get off my back! <laughs> and then the show just ended. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> and uh, so now it's back with Issa Rae yeah. leading the charge. So um, that's cool. <laughs> Take that, Matt Damon. Um, Courtney Love is very mad at this Hulu Pam and Tommy limited series that they're making with okay. Sebastian Stan as Tommy uh, Hilfiger. No, Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. And uh, Lily James as uh, Pamela Landon. See, that'd be a better story. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger and Pamela Landon playing a sex tape. Way more interested than what actually happened. Um, Courtney Love uh, is mad, mad about it. Why Why do we care about Courtney Love is what you're asking? Good question, listener. Yeah. Uh, well, for, she is friends That's with... That's I would She is friends with Pamela uh, Anderson. Okay. So why, so, so, again, she's why sort of, so she's sort of sticking up for her friend a little okay. bit. Uh, it sounds like this isn't a thing that was necessarily made with um, the approval or consent of, of, the, of Pamela Anderson and, and, and uh, yeah, Tommy, no. Tommy Lee Jones. I get that. Um, the, the, the show's called Pam and Tommy it's coming out uh, on Hulu and she says my heart goes out to Pammy further causing her complex trauma is what she writes I think it was all Facebook posts or Instagram posts shame on Lily James whoever the fuck she is damn hashtag vile uh, she also says the reason why she even knew about it or it came across her radar besides for these pictures coming out is um, where is it they approached her. Here we go. The piece of shit production. Uh, she rejected a quest for the piece of shit production to use a Rolling Stone cover featuring her image. So, uh, 1994, that year, she was on a cover of a particular issue. They wanted to use that. Apparently, they had to ask her. And she was like, nope. Fuck you. And she also said that she was in the studio or recording an album for her band Hole at the time when the sex tape came out quote the staff engineers producers owners were watching the sex tape with huge schadenfreude it was disgusting I banned anyone discussing it it destroyed my friend Pamela's life so she is triggered because she was like uh, there at the very beginning uh, had a more of an inside view than most do mm-hmm. with that kind of thing especially it being like quote the first sort of Celebrity sex tape. So, yeah, exactly. Wow. The kicking off that whole culture, uh, whatever. So weird. It's crazy. That was the beginning of it. Seth Rogen playing the um, the uh, electrician who finds a tape and, and sells it, steals it and sells it. Mm-hmm. Kumail Nanjiani is doing a Chippendales movie called Immigrant, where he will play Indian American entrepreneur Soman Banerjee. Uh... This guy was, uh, he established Chippendales in West LA in 75. It first featured women mud wrestling and exotic dancing. In 79, he added male stripping, uh, which was and the it, first of its kind in the U.S. And it went bonkers. And so he took that shit uh, on a tour across the country. So it's his story about how he was multimillionaire, and then later he was charged in all sorts of like uh, plots and stuff, oh, uh, like yeah. all the sorts of crimes and things. Because he was still in the strip club industry. Oh, yeah. It was just a roaming strip club. He was indicted in a murder <coughs> of a choreographer. 
he pled guilty to attempted arson and racketeering, murder for hire. Yeah, sounds all about right. He was facing 26 years in prison. Sounds like a great movie. So in 1994, suicide in his jail cell. So spoiler for the end of the movie. Ready to be getting to the movie. Be able to do the thing with a shirt of suicide and then cut back to how this handsome <laughs> uh, ripped uh, Indian man get to, the, brains out. get to this. And then just for a thirst trap reminder, here's a pic- that picture Kamel put out of him being all ripped. <laughs> ridiculous. The first one from a couple years ago. He's even bigger now. Even more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He's even bigger. Um, there's a Friends reunion happening on HBO Max where it's sort of like the it's sort of like the the Fresh Prince one where instead of doing a new show, the actors are just getting together and reminiscing and talking shit and stories and Man, stuff. Right? That that actually might be interesting because that was a very like iconic show for America. Like I can remember people talking about it and just be like, "Why does anybody care?" Like I've se- people love that damn show. My mom loved that show. Mm, people love it. Like I've watched multiple episodes and I don't. It never. Not at any Never point in time. Did not click with me at all. No. Um, but yes, culturally huge, iconic. And uh, that means even with this reunion bullshit thing, people have opinions. Oh, sure. And uh, they put out the list of like celebrities, people that are, they have gathered to speak about friends. And for some people, this list is a little befuddling because it's a list of people that have... Nothing to do with friends or even sitcoms or whatever. But so they'd probably watch the shit. They probably watch every episode of the show. Probably yes, and they're still and they're still famous people. But people are like, why? Why? There's, there are other famous people like Brad Pitt. Dated goddamn Jennifer Aniston was on the show a couple episodes. Why not get Brad Pitt in the show? Right? Or maybe that's a a surprise that they're saving. Who knows? Anyway, um, David Beckham, Justin Bieber, uh, BTS, the uh, the Korean uh, pop pop sensation BTS. What? Yes. Yes, true. But those kids were like just born when that show was out. Yeah. They're just born and not even in America. Um, Lady Gaga. Elliot Gould. He's still alive. Um, Kit Harrington. None of this makes any sense. Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Malala. Remember? Call me Malala. Malala Yousafzai. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say your last name. These are weird names. What is going on? And then people are really mad that the whole thing is going to be, quote, hosted by James Corden. Oh, why? Yeah, so now people are like, not only do these guests don't make any sense, but I actively don't like your choice of host. There's like a strong anti-Corden army out there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Maybe I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever it, watch it? It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But I don't, yeah, no. Did you ever watch the Fresh Prince one? I, I did watch the Fresh Prince yeah, one, yeah. That's right. That was okay. That was okay. Yeah, I, I didn't like, not like it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing his first uh, TV series. Oh, it's for Netflix, but it's his first series, first non-movie. He's doing one, Drew. Okay. And it's going to be a spy series. Okay. On Netflix. True uh, Lies. It should just be True Lies, right? How come it's not just True Lies? I think that's being turned into a CBS show. Maybe that's why. Yeah, already. Um, it's an untitled project. It will star him and Monica Barbaro, who was just in Army of the Dead. Uh, so she's one of the, obviously, ladies. Okay. And uh, also she will be in Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Uh, father and daughter duo who, quote, learned that they've each secretly been working as CIA ops for years. They realize their entire relationship has been a lie and they truly don't know one another at all. It does sound very yeah. true lies, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. 
with a little more father, mystery. Daughter. Father, daughter. Mr. Mrs. Smith with father, daughter. Yeah. Uh, forced to team up as partners. The series tackles universal family dynamics set against a global backdrop of spies, fantastic action, and humor. It's going to be incredible. I'll watch it. I'll watch it too. Yes, it's going to be a chance for me to work on the old. Uh, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here on Netflix. We have all the eight 60 minute episodes for my global spy adventure. I think you're going to like it, Drew. You're going to get eight hours of me talking to my daughter. You're a spy, too. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I want to keep you safe. See, we could have wrote this thing. How come they didn't hire us to write this? It writes itself. Because we're not writers. or part of the Writers Guild. Ah, Writers Guild. Guild at Lily. Uh... Remember Rangers of the New Republic was announced as part of the slate of Disney Star Wars things? It was a spinoff of Mandalorian. Oh, with, uh, what's her face? Carla Gugino. It was rumored that was going to be her spinoff, yeah. But who who is no longer working with it? She was like, trans people, beep, bop, boom. I don't like trans people. Why do I have to be all PC? I hate PC stuff. Uh, Why power or something like that? (laughs) And, um... So Disney's like, well, we're not renewing your contract. We're good here. We're good here. Go go punch someone in the face. We're good. Mm-hmm. Or get punched. I don't know how that works. The MMA stuff. And uh, Rangers of the New Republic has just been announced that is no longer in active development. And there we go. So there we go. Her show that she was going to lead is, mm-hmm. is Dunzo Bunzo. Sorry, uh, uh, Carl Weathers. Because mm-hmm. it was rumored that he was going to be in it, too. You just lost a gig, buddy. They'll find a workroom somewhere else, probably. I'm sure. Meanwhile, uh, Dave Filoni has been uh, confirmed as the executive creative director of Lucasfilm. Yeah, well, it's because he's so in love with Star Wars and has made, like, super butt buddies with George Lucas. Yeah, yeah. He is, like... He's become Lucas 2.0, yeah. sort of the uh, the new repository of... Yeah, of Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> so uh, he got the promotion, but the funny thing is the promotion happened last summer. But Disney just updated the website now to reflect that, so then it became news. Yeah. But then people are actually know Dave's been running things for a minute. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry, New Republic, you gone, you gone. And here we go. Let's wrap this up with a couple of social media stories. Um, there's this whole thing going down on Twitch. Where you know people make money on Twitch based on subscribers and views and stuff, and okay. some people make more than others because they're like super popular video game streamers, like that ninja guy or whatever, right? And uh, you know, just like anything in the world in life, sex sells. Mm-hmm. And some of the people lately making the most money, getting the most views, are uh, known as hot tub streamers. Ah, gotcha. I mean, no nudity. I mean, implied. Implied. implied nudity. They're in bikinis. They're in bikinos, straddling some sort of inflatable like unicorn or something. They're in a hot tub. There's shit everywhere, and they're playing a video game on Twitch. It's all there, just in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. And of course, guys, oh, might as well watch the, the titties playing video games. Do I want to watch titties or do I want to watch neckbeard? <laughs> right. It's up to you. The commentary yeah. is the same. You want the high pitch voice, the low pitch voice. There's it's the same shit. So of course, hot tub. Uh, streamers are taking over and apparently Twitch doesn't like that so like the number one streamer of the hot tubbers uh, got demonetized on Twitch and she doesn't know why and she's trying to get all that information 
Twitch is doing all sorts of weird shit to try to because they're trying to be for everyone. They yeah. don't want to have to be like for adults and stuff. Exactly. TikTok is also trying to figure out a similar thing. Yeah. Um, well, how how to fix that? Launch the adult version under a different company's name. Come on, guys. Just fig- corner the market. Just figure it out. Figure out a way to just make it more official. Um, Twitch is going away anyway because all the other because what people do is they start on Twitch and then they send the Twitch stream out to Facebook and the Instagrams all the other things yeah. people are just going to start twitching on their or streaming on the one platform as opposed to trying to get all of it anyway um, actress uh, adult actress and uh, non-adult actress because she's done other stuff Sasha Gray yeah uh, is on Twitch okay. she, she's a streamer doing pretty okay for herself and but someone found out that uh, apparently, where is it here? This is this is fascinating stuff. Um, Sasha Gray has eight hundred thirty-seven thousand followers on Twitch, and someone discovered that she couldn't use the words Sasha Gray in her go live notification on Twitch. Uh, she says, I'm a partner streamer. How's that possible? That's nuts. So apparently uh, the phrase Sasha Gray is a banned phrase. Like you can't you can't type it in. Because like, she's an adult porn star. No. Someone someone else figured out why. You would think so. Like, are yeah. they just targeting because she's a porn yeah. star? No, it's not. True Chicago. Why? Someone figured it out because um, when you write out her name, Sasha Gray, even with the space in there. The end of her last name and the beginning, or the end of her first name, the beginning of her last name, spells out the word shag. The sha and the g yeah. make shag. And shag, if you t- try to search or type in the word shag, that comes up. Nope. Yeah. No shagging on, on, on Twitch. That's how much they try to clamp down on that. So it's the S H A G. Yes. So weird. So Sasha Gray's name has been inadvertently caught in the Twitch right. uh, filter. Because the middle of her name has shag in there. Yeah, baby. Okay. That's I had to. I, had to <laughs> <get her> quick. <laughs> I was debating whether or not to do it. Um, and then finally, another former actress, uh, porn star actress who uh, she hasn't done anything else since, I think. Um, Lebanese American former adult actress and pro Palestinian supporter Mia Khalifa. Okay. Uh, called Gal Gadot Genocide Barbie. Cool. <laughs> Which is just uh Yeah. It's a funny phrase. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Genocide Barbie. Genocide Barbie. All sorts funny. of weird images are flashing into my head yeah, now. That's a, man, how do I find that outfit for my mom's Barbie <laughs> collection? Uh and it's specifically because Gal Gadot, who herself was a part of the Israeli Defense Force, whatever yeah, they're called. She's the, fucking Israeli. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and it's mandatory. She put out a statement, um, that was trying to be non-equivalent or, you know, just right down the middle. Oh, I wish all this would stop. Why can't we all get along? That type of thing. No. Um, but then all the pro-Palestinian side called her out for being like, um, her statement used the word, uh, our neighbors. What did she say? This is a vicious cycle that's been going on for far too long. Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. Our neighbors deserve the same. Blah blah blah. I prefer better days. No. And people are like, "Why you, you can't even say Palestine? Why can't nope. you like say who these neighbors <laughs> are?" People got mad at that. So Mia Khalifa was like genocide Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's good times. Good times out there on the internet and in the world. And you know, uh, things are bad, y'all. Yeah. Things are bad, guys. 
And that's it. We're going to end on that wonderful genocidal note. Hooray! Genocide Barbie! Genocide Barbie. Free Palestine. And uh, thank you, Drew Chicago. You're welcome. And you're welcome, listeners, for this week's uh, so informational-packed episode. My God, if you go for... If you go anywhere else for your information news, I don't, I don't understand why. Because we got it all covered here in quick, entertaining fashion, even with the little bits of Arnold thrown in there. Yeah, he said this is unbelievable. So thank you, Drew. You're unbelievable. You listeners, you are welcome for this unbelievable show. And this is amazing. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. A PFT Media Production.